So, we are starting the new year. I know that it's the 14th, but this is our first week. And so I'm starting a new series, and it's called Fresh. Uh, and we're just going to talk about what it means to start fresh, what it means to try to be better. Uh, it kind of continues the theme that we had in November and December, just about trying to live like that all year, trying to be like Jesus, trying to actually be what Christians are supposed to be. And so I want to talk about fresh. And so I want to start with... Um, the, the fruit of the Spirit. And I'll talk about them as we go. So I'm not going to read that scripture yet, but it's in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. And I'll read all of them, the fruit right now. And then we're just talking about three each week. Uh, patience, kindness, uh, gentleness, joy, generosity, faithfulness, love, self-control, and peace. So those are all the things that the Holy Spirit helps us have. Those are all the things that Christians should live as. Those are all the things that Jesus exhibited. Those are all the things that we are called to do. Those are really hard to do sometimes because we all have human nature and we all want to be selfish and we all feel jealous and we all feel envy and we all feel anger and we all feel the opposite of these things. And so these things take work. Now, some people can be naturally gifted at some of them. Like some people have uh, like an almost supernatural patience automatically uh, and they're able to, to kind of just deal with everything that comes up. Some people uh, just feel that joy all of the time, but most of the time we have to work at all of it. And so I want to start with three, and we're going to talk about humanity, not just the overall topic of humanity, but what it means to have humanity. And so I'm going to go to John chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Uh, there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. You, uh, your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Uh, what do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, uh, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. And so I wanted to start with this passage. I'll read more of it in a second. Um, because I want to talk about patience, kindness, and gentleness this week. And in some ways, those can be the hardest. Now, I know love can be difficult, especially when it comes to enemies, when it comes to people that disagree with us, when it comes to people that vote differently, when it comes to people that like Michigan or grossly Purdue or something. Like, it, it, when it comes to, to things where we just cannot get along, love can be hard. Self-control can be hard. But when it comes to patience, that's something that everybody has to learn. I know that for me, uh, I grew up with... Uh, my, with, my grandma would cook for me and do all of this stuff, so I just, food was there. And then when I started cooking for myself, like obviously I used a microwave more than an oven, and sometimes like the two minutes to reheat something is really, really hard to wait for, because when we really want something, it seems like the quicker we can get it, the more impatient we become. And then you apply that to traffic and people being unable to follow basic traffic laws like turn signals or roundabouts or being in the right lane and stuff. And, and all of that really tests our patience. And that, in turn, leads into kindness because we start to get angry. We start to get upset. Even if we're not mad at the people that just cut in front of us, like we kind of lose the kindness when we meet someone else. And then gentleness is how we apply it. Kindness is kind of your intent. It's what you intend to do when you help somebody, when you talk to somebody. Gentleness is the way in which you do it. And that's telling the truth to people, but doing it gently. It's not saying, hey, yeah, I hate that hairstyle. It's saying, hey, you know what? You've got better hairstyles or something like that. Or if somebody has messed up. 
<coughs> taking them aside and like talking to them personally, not taking them in front of all of your friends and kind of pointing out their flaws. And I use this passage because Jesus shows all of this to Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus seemed to be a good guy. And he liked Jesus. He talked about the fact that he was from God. And yet, he was still a Pharisee. And the Pharisees constantly were after Jesus to trap him, to trick him, to, to go after him. And even if Nicodemus wasn't among them, even if Nicodemus wasn't doing that with them, he still was with the Pharisee. And by being a Pharisee, he kind of is supporting that because he's not stopping them. And so Jesus could have been like, as soon as this Pharisee comes to him at night, been like, hey, welcome, you're not coming to me during the day to talk. Like, are you afraid your friends are going to see you? Are you going to go back and tell them that this happened? Like, he could have been really angry. He could have been really upset. He could have just said, hey, I'll talk to you during the day. I'm not going to talk to you now while you're hiding. Instead, he, he kindly answered his questions. And he gently answered them. Uh, and he talks about being born again. Now, that is not a concept that was understood at the time. It's something Jesus talked about. Uh, and it's something that comes from the Spirit and from following him. But when Nicodemus says, hey, how can an old man go into his mother's womb and be born again? I don't think he was being super sarcastic, but at the same time, he probably understood that's not what Jesus meant. Like, he may not have understood the spiritual applications of it, but he probably understood Jesus did not mean literally. And so Jesus could have been like, dude, you don't understand. Like, you just don't get it. You're supposed to lead people, and you just don't get this. Instead, he answers him, uh, and he says, hey, this is what it means. This is how it works. This is what it's supposed to look like. He doesn't say, and this is what a lot of us would do, he doesn't say, yeah, Nicodemus, maybe you'd understand this more if you and your Pharisees treated people better. Maybe if you weren't so self-righteous. Maybe if you weren't so angry. Maybe if you actually followed the Bible and you actually listened to God. He could have said all of that and been right. And yet, gently, <coughs> gently, he tells him instead not what he's, what he's doing wrong, but what he can do right. And too often in Christianity, we kind of focus on what other people are doing wrong instead of what they can do right, how they can change. Not what's wrong with them, but what can be right. You see the difference. It's like you can look at Christianity as like this is a list of things you're not supposed to do or this is how you do what you're supposed to do. So there's a difference between don't hate people and love people. Like don't hate is just whatever, I don't hate. But love is like actively caring, praying, doing something, being like Jesus. And so Jesus goes on to talk about the Spirit, to talk about this. And he shows patience with these questions. He shows patience with the fact Nicodemus comes to him in the night. He shows patience with the fact that he's a Pharisee and all the other Pharisees are constantly attacking him. And Nicodemus may or may not say anything, but publicly he's not saying anything. And so Jesus shows patience and kindness and gentleness and all of these things. Um, sometimes... When we understand something, and Jesus obviously understands stuff, like if you really understand sports, and you're talking to somebody who does not understand sports, and you're like, you start out a little bit patiently, and you're like, okay, well, uh, when you have the football in your hand and you throw it forward, that's called a pass. And if they're like, a pass, like in a car, you're like, no, and like we get more and more impatient and more and more angry. And maybe it's about comic books. Maybe it's about soccer. Maybe it's about something in school. Maybe it's about something in our family or something that we understand deeply. But the more we care about something, often it leads to the more impatient we are with helping people understand that. And so Jesus cares about souls and spirit more than anything in the world. And yet he shows us you have to be patient. And so, again, he speaks honestly, but he does it gently. And sometimes we really want to hurt people. And this is a big capital C church thing. Like we really want to point out what people are doing wrong and how people are sinners and how people haven't done this and how people haven't done that or don't do this. And we really go at it instead of gently 
we go at it hard because it's like, well, tough love, tough love, tough love. But it's love is not tough. Love is being like Jesus. And Jesus here, again, could have said, Nicodemus, you suck. Like you just aren't doing the right thing. And your Pharisees are messing things up. You've got to do better. Instead, he says, hey, I'm glad you're here. Let me talk to you and tell you how you can do better. Let me explain what it means to follow the Spirit. And he does it kindly and gently. Let me go to the next part before my voice goes out completely. <clears throat> how, are things po- how are these things possible, Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, you are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you uh, what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about these earthly things, how can you possibly believe me if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven in return, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifts up the bronze snake on the pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. So actually, after he explained born again, after he explained the spirit, Nicodemus again says, how's that possible? Jesus had just told him how it's possible by living for the spirit, by following him. And so he's like, how is that possible? And he's not trying to be annoying. He's just trying to understand. And where a lot of people, and probably most of the Pharisees, would have been like, I just told you. Figure it out yourself now. Or go look at the Bible. Go do something else. Jesus is like, okay, well, you are a teacher, so you need to get this stuff. Not angrily, not hatefully, not you're so stupid for not knowing this, but like, hey, you're responsible for people and this matters. Like, you have to be able to understand this to help them. So I'm glad you're asking me so that you can talk about it, but you have to try to listen here, okay? And again, gently and kindly. Uh, And he says, so far you guys haven't believed us. You've got to start with that. You've got to start with listening what I'm saying and seeing what I'm doing. Uh, And not just about the earthly stuff, but then you go on to the heavenly stuff. And then he compares it to something Moses did, which was a huge figure in Jewish history. Obviously, as Christians, we know a lot about Moses too. But Moses was like one of the main people in Jewish history. He wrote the first five books of the Bible. Like they all looked at him and Abraham and and Jacob and some of the other big names we know as like the major people. And so Moses, probably the number one major person in most Jewish people's lives, except maybe Abraham uh, or possibly David. And so he brings him to Moses, not to like just talk about Moses, but to show him, hey, this is how you're going to understand. Look at something you know. It's like going back to football for a second. Like if you're explaining football, try to compare it to something that person knows. Like say Pokemon. Be like, okay, well, it's like throwing the Pokemon ball at a Pokemon. Uh, That's what you're trying to do. Picture the receiver as a Pokemon and the Pokemon ball as a football. And like you're trying to put it into their terms. And that's a weird example. But you know, in things that we actually care about, you try to do it. Uh, With math, like especially with little kids, like when you're teaching math to someone, you usually don't just say, well, seven plus seven is 14. You're like, okay, you have seven apples and I give you seven more. Like you show them, you're trying to help them understand it. And again, in faith, in spirit, in life, we just tell people. We don't show them, but it's showing is part of the kindness, gentleness. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He shows him by bringing up Moses, who this guy understood, instead of just talking about stuff only Jesus knew. He tells him who Moses is, and he helps him see through his own eyes. And then we go to the last part here. 
For this is how God loved the world. This is going to be the famous scripture, but I'm going to read it from this translation. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, not to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This tells us, again, how to apply it. So Jesus talks about what it means to be patient, kind, gentle, and all of the fruit, but we're just talking about these three, patient, kind, gentle. And then he says, and so God did this to us. Because again, God could have been like, guys, you've messed up the world again. Like you keep sinning and you keep hurting people and you keep killing people and you keep hating people and you keep getting worse and worse. And he could say this at any point in history. Instead, he says, okay, I'm patient with you. So I'm sending Jesus and he's going to show you and he's going to send the spirit. And I'm kind because he's going to do it in a loving way, not in a forceful way, not as a king would do, an emperor would do. Uh, a politician would do. He's going to do it in a loving way, with example, with hope, and he's going to do it gently. And this is so we can be saved. It's for us. All of this is for us. And, and it, he came, again, not to condemn us, not to judge us, but to help us, to help us to see. That doesn't mean there's no right, no wrong. It, it means that he's helping us to see instead of just telling us. And so we have to take this uh, in faith especially, but in everything in life, we have to learn to have more patience. The only way to learn to have more patience is by learning to be more patient. So you have to test yourself. You have to learn. You're going to screw up. You're going to be impatient at times because the world makes us impatient because everything is like that. Like we can get everything at the snap of a finger, at the drop of a hat. And so it makes us more impatient. And yet we have to learn. We have to try. You have to make yourself try. You build that over time. Kindness Hopefully you have it inside you some already, but it's learning to be more understanding. The best way to show kindness is by trying to understand that the person you're talking to is a person. That they are like you, they're just trying to understand or they're trying to help. And maybe they're being a jerk to you. I don't mean you have to let them punch you in the face, but you have to show kindness. And then when you tell someone the truth, when you talk to someone, when you're trying to help someone, do it gently. Do it with the way that Jesus did it. Do it with, with hope, with love, with peace, with all of these things. And so that's what humanity is and that's what humanity needs. The only way for that to happen is for us to actually start doing it. Uh, telling about it and preaching about it, it's fine. Like it's important and it matters, but only by doing it can it actually help to change people, to show people the way to change. Because we cannot change anyone; only uh, a life in the spirit can. And so that's what this spirit is. This series is going to be about showing that spirit, living that spirit, taking those fruit into ourselves, and then going out and actually living with them. And so, that's all I got.